Hi, welcome to Siegel and Gale Says, a podcast highlighting our brand consultant's points of view in audio format. I'm Daniel Alonso, a member of the marketing team at Siegel and Gale. Siegel and Gale is a preeminent brand strategy, design, and experience firm. For the last 50 years, we have helped build the world's leading brands through strategies, stories, and experiences that are elegantly simple and unexpectedly fresh. When organizations have complex brand building questions, whether around mergers and acquisitions, strategic positioning, brand identity, experience, or growth, they turn to our experts. In this episode, we explore our work with Omnicom Health Group, a global collective of diverse healthcare-focused marketing and communications companies. Matt McNally, CEO, and Joseph Bailey, EVP, Head of Marketing and Partnerships for Omnicom Health Group, joined our President of the Pacific Rim, Jason C. Slack, West Coast General Manager, Katie Conway, and Creative Director, Simrit Brar, for a conversation that explores how to utilize brand to implement a CEO's new ambition. This is Siegel and Gale Says. Good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you're joining us from. Welcome to Siegel and Gale's Future of Branding series, Unlocking Brand. Unlocking Brand is our virtual web series where we pay our our clients and brand consultants together to discuss thought-provoking branding topics and programs. By way of introduction, I'm Jason Cieslak. I'm president of Pacific Rim with Siegel and Gale, and I'll be your host for today's conversation. For those of you who do not know, Siegel and Gale's brand strategy design brand experience firm. We have offices around the world and help our clients leverage the power of simplicity to help their brands and businesses grow. And in the process, have created some of the world's most iconic brands. In the branding business, there tend to be six to seven reasons why a firm like ours gets engaged. A merger, acquisition or spinoff, a tired old brand in need of rejuvenation, launch of a major new product or service, or a new CEO with a business ambition that the brand needs to help drive forward. And that last reason is why Omnicom Health Group engaged us. OHG was looking for ways to bring that brand to life, to signal change to the outside world, and drive their business ambition. So we'll explore how OHG, who is a network of diverse healthcare-focused marketing communications companies, refreshed its brand to implement this new ambition. And in particular, there's three things we're going to dig into today, which should be of interest to everybody who's following along. The first is going to be about creating a brand narrative that reflects the diverse perspectives of their organization, and you'll learn a little bit more about that in a second. What it took to design a visual identity system that unites some very different stakeholders, and you'll find out a little bit more about that in a second, and how the OHG team unveiled and rolled out their new brand. So joining me today are two of our OHG clients, Matt McNally, CEO of Omnicom Health Group, and Joe Bailey, Executive Vice President and Head of Marketing and Partnerships for Omnicom Health Group. I want to thank both Matt and Joe for joining us today. Also joining Matt and Joe are two of my Siegel and Gale colleagues who led the work from our team, Katie Conway, who's the general manager of our West Coast operation, and Simra Brar, our creative director. Thank you, Katie and Simrit, for joining. Today, Matt, Joe, Simrit, and Katie are going to be panelists, and I will summon my best Oprah Winfrey skills to probe about how the OHG rebranding program went. So with that, let's dive in, and I will start with Matt and Joe here. Do you think you can kind of help us to sort of set the stage, tell our audience a little bit about who Omnicom Health Group is? 
Sure. I mean, I think the easiest way to think about it at the, the highest level is Omnicom Health Group is we are the world's largest marketing and medical communications organization in the world with offices in all key regions. It's really dedicated to serving the pharmaceutical, you know, bioscience and, and life sciences industry. And what we really pride ourselves on is we really partner with the pharmaceutical industry across their entire product life cycle. You know, from early on, um, clinical trial recruitment and management, helping clients even understand from a pharmacoeconomic perspective, what assets should they actually launch and go to market with? We handle all the medical communications and high science work that kind of helps bring a, a drug to launch, you know, once it is approved. Then we have some of the world's best known advertising and media organizations that really help get our brands front and center with patients and physicians around the world. So a really magical place to work, a really special category to work in, you know, helping patients and HCPs save lives and just a really interesting kind of network of agencies that do very, very different things. And that hence, we'll talk a little bit about what that meant during the rebrand. Yeah, I love it. I can feel your passion. So talk a little bit about why was it time to refresh the brand? I mean, what were some of the key drivers that led to that decision to say, this is time for us to look at that? I think there's a few things. I think often we talk about the velocity of change that we're seeing in the marketing, communications, and kind of advertising space overall, and that's true. We're also seeing right now the highest velocity of change that we're seeing in the pharmaceutical industry. Clients are launching very different products than they launched at kind of the advent of consumer and physician advertising. The pipeline now is very high science, it's oncology, it's rare disease. What our clients need is very, very different. And also when you think about it, coming out of the pandemic, COVID made health on everyone's top of mind, right? A lot of times you're not thinking about your health. You know, it's very episodic, it's very cyclical. Coming out of the pandemic, like everyone globally was thinking about health. So there was also this moment in time on the human side of healthcare and what that meant that was really kind of triggering us from a, an outside external factor to really kind of rethink our brand and brand positioning. But then also internally, OHG, the branding was really developed at a very different time when the businesses were operating in a very different way. Now we're working much more integrated. So that was driving it. So there were the external factors and internal factors that we really felt now was the best time to give us a brand and an identity that was much more reflective of where we need to be today. It's great. So, you know, when you embarked on this journey and you think about sort of the initial business outcomes you wanted to achieve, there had to clearly be short ones signaling change to the marketplace, but also maybe ones that are sort of a little longer out, a couple of years out. Can you talk a little bit about some of those outcomes that your team is looking to achieve through this work? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things, you know, first and foremost, I think a great brand obviously is for our external stakeholders, but first and foremost, we really wanted to look at the brand from our internal stakeholder perspective, you know, really wanting to create an identity and a brand that our teams wanted to feel part of, you know, you need to keep in mind, similar to an umbrella or a portfolio of businesses, all of our teammates sit also at an agency. So there's this kind of dual citizenship of having pride in the individual agency they sit at, but we wanted to make sure that they took great pride in kind of the larger organization. You know, I often say I'm a New Yorker and I'm an American. I'm proud to be both. And we wanted our our teams to feel that same way. So we put a lot of KPIs around, you know, retention, you know, as we started to hear people talk about the brand, could they articulate their individual agency's connection to OHG and and what does that look like? And we also wanted to do some internal things on recruitment. You know, all of us right now know that finding the best talent is challenging. 
And we'll share a little bit later some of the key indicators we saw very early on, on just the increase in interest that we had in external candidates wanting to learn more about our organization. Then we also, from more of a qualitative perspective, we really wanted to create a brand that wasn't just a great brand for pharma. You know, in this category, often it's like, this is great for healthcare. We really wanted to create a brand and identity that bar none was just an amazing identity, not that is in healthcare, but just happened to be in healthcare. And then also started to tell the story of selling more integrated solutions as we start to partner our brands up more often in a one plus one equals three to go and sell to our clients. So there's kind of the the revenue impact we're looking at long-term internally from an employee engagement perspective, new, new talent coming in. And then also just, again, kind of that feel from our clients on there's something special happening there. And I want to work with that team. Hmm. So, you know, this next question I'll direct to to Matt and Joe, you know, we both work under the same large umbrella and, you know, we're grateful that we were selected to be your partner with this assignment. Talk to us a little bit more about why was it important to partner with a firm like ours to do this work? It was important for, for several reasons. Number one, I had familiarity with Siegel and Gale and your suite of services in my role prior to this one. I've become quite familiar with Katie through Omnicom University, a program that Omnicom does where we all go to Babson and we, we learn about advanced management. And in that, I learned about Siegel and Gale and I brought them in to work with a few clients. So I, I had seen the suite of services, right? So I knew what you bring to the table. What was important in then how Katie and I began to sell that into like Matt and the other executives in the OHG for why Siegel and Gale is number one, you understand us from the perspective of the organization in which we live and how we could navigate decisions that needed to be made, ensure that as we were going through the process of building out the narrative and our new architecture and our new visual identity, we stayed in line with what Omnicom has become known for, but also were able to bring in that identity reflective of our different agencies and who we were becoming. Two is you also understand our space. From the work you've done with clients like BMS and Celgene during their merger in transforming CVS Health, you understand the space of what it is to take a company from here to there and to build that culture around it, specifically in the healthcare sector. So that was number two on that level of importance for us. And lastly is you do really cool stuff outside of healthcare as well. And to Matt's point, it was really important that we had that outside in lens, right? If someone looks looks at OHG and they see Omnicom Health Group, it's the, wow, that's really cool. And I want to go learn more about them and their brand and who they are. Oh, wow. We're doing the best creative that just happens to be in health, as Matt always says, right? And I think that's the most important. Those are the three most important things. You get us, you get our space, and you get the outside in lens. And those were, those are at least my three factors that we, Katie and I, then partner to take to Matt and the team. Well, I always know that one of the benefits of us being able to partner with other agencies is we kind of get a sense of the DNA and the culture. And it's always a very lovely dynamic having partnered with some of the agencies within OHG. So lovely plug for our firm. Thank you, Joe. It also helped that you were down the hall. I got to, <laughs> Katie and Simmer were like, can you please just let me brand? Thank you. <laughs> there was oftentimes Joe would just pop over and say hi and kind of peek over at our laptop screens. <laughs> well, there's the benefit there. So I want to shift a little bit. And I want to talk a little bit around sort of like the positioning and, you know, your team had aligned around this positioning of, and I think it's really interesting about uniquely powerful together, unstoppable. Can you guys talk a little bit about how that positioning was developed and the process you guys took to do that? There were a lot of iterations as I look at the team. I mean, this was probably one of the biggest challenges as we worked through the process 
together because again, I can't underscore how diverse our organization is. So trying to find something back to my New Yorker and an American that celebrates the individuality and pride in a distinct agency, but also the power of the collective. And then also the idea that we do, our clients are asking for more integrated services. And we also wanted to land on a positioning that really laddered back to the humanity aspect that I talked about a little bit on kind of what we're seeing in the marketplace. So this idea of uniquely powerful is all of our agencies can and do and often stand alone and can solve a client's business challenge. And they're very successful and all of them are global and doing super innovative things. But what we believe is as you start to add on other services, diverse perspective from some of the other areas that we work in across OHG, I totally believe that together we are unstoppable because we can solve any of those, those problems for clients. So we wanted people to feel something that was definitely pride in what we are today, you know, uniquely powerful, but this more future and kind of aspirational idea of together unstoppable and unstoppable from any business challenge, you know, unstoppable from conquering any, you know, client issue or, or team issue. And also just kind of that, this idea that nothing's off the table. Mm. You know, we want to be, as Joe said, just, we want to be the best out there. And we believe that unstoppable brings kind of that rally cry that, that brings our, our teams together. You know, as a firm who cares a lot about simplicity, four words say so say so much together. And look, great brands and great narratives are built around real powerful ideas and positionings. And I kind of want to talk direct this to both Matt and Katie. You know, knowing that there was this collective of agencies involved, you know, they have their own needs. Matt, you spoke about the fact that some of them will work, you know, independently and on their own. Were there any unique challenges relative to developing the new brand narrative, knowing that they all have their own little place, sometimes as a collective and sometimes as independent? Yeah, so I can I can kick us off. Yeah. So, you know, had the honor of working with professionals who tell stories for a living, just like us. And so, of course, that brought a lot of pressure for us to be able to show up and really add that value that we do as Siegel and Gale and as a branding firm. But, you know, it really made our work better because we were able to take the professional craft that all of the uh, team members within these individual agencies, as well as OHG have, leverage that, the right language, that, you know, precision of this is going to sound familiar to me in, you know, somebody who works in healthcare, but also make sure that we brought that external lens, as Joe talked about, right? So it wasn't too jargony. So, you know, we're, we're working with professionals who do this for a living, just like us, which, which made the work work better, but it's not always the case. And then, you know, we Matt referenced the sort of uniqueness and diversity of these agencies across the life cycle. So making sure that that narrative at the end of the day, everyone saw themselves in it from the creative advertising and media agencies to the clinical trial management agencies, value and access, medical communications, right? All while keeping it focused, clear, and simple, like we so often, so often do. And then I think the last thing that was unique about this is making sure that we captured in that narrative, all of the different roles that OHG plays, right? So for agencies, they are supporting them. Um, and we had a really interesting conversation about shifting the perceptions of OH, perception of OHG from being like in the center to the actual foundation, right? That support, for those agencies. 
we wanted wanted to capture the value OHG brings to that individual talent, right? Inspire that pride, highlight the amazing learning and development opportunities that the organization has. And then of course, those clients, right? The unexpected connections that result in all these amazing work, uh, all this amazing work. So it was a lot to to talk about because those four words are, are so powerful, but we really had a great time listening sessions and really, you know, a, a collaborative and iterative iterative process with the team. Well, I think the only build I would put, and you nailed it, is I just want to go back to bringing the outside perspective with, you know, sister agencies, partner agencies within Omnicom that do this for some of the world's bigger brands. Like the Siegel and Gale team was very respected off of the very first meeting. Like anytime they met with anyone from the very first introduction, like everyone was like, we get it. Like we're excited. And then the idea is I'm never a fan of like a ta-da moment like to be like, Hey, here's the new brand. And here, you know, and especially I was, I was new when I kicked this off relatively new, I've only been here 14 months that, you know, I really wanted to make sure everyone, everyone's fingerprints were on it. You know, that everyone was kind of part of constructing the model as we were building it together. So as we launched it, it just naturally happened where everyone saw their fingerprint on it. Right. And they felt heard and it was very representative of everyone's kind of feedback, which isn't easy to do. You know, people often feel like it's not there and this collective team and hats off, like nailed it. And everyone felt very bought in, very heard and very proud of where we landed. You know, it's interesting, you know, branding programs, everybody likes to talk about the idea and everybody likes to talk about the design and none of the folks like to talk about process until there isn't one and things go south. And in your situation, knowing you had so many people to interface with, how did you design the process to ensure an outcome that engaged all the key people across your network, knowing there are so many people? Matt, Joe? So Matt, as a leader, is super inspirational. And then also he was he he then tasked with the figure out how we how we get this done. And when you look at our network, right, to the point of we have the agencies that each have their own bit of differentiation, we made it a key point. I think it was, Katie, and correct me if I'm wrong, we conducted almost 11 roundtables in the course of almost a week. Then that mm-hmm. was agency leadership, two members of every agency coming and having conversations around what it meant to be a part of OHG within their agency and also what it meant to be a part of their agency and understand their culture. And we did that on both a US as well as an ex-US level. We wanted to ensure that as our global agencies were coming more into the fold of OHG under Matt's leadership, that they were taken into account and that they were at the table had a seat every step of the way. We engaged our ELT, understood, and you know, Katie and Matt have done a great job of highlighting our agencies, but we also highlighted our DEI, our data and technology, as well as our learning and development areas as key accelerators for Omnicom Health Group as we were building out this brand. And then we conducted a roundtable with our with our uh, DEI advisory board led by our chief DEI officer, Gina Pemberton to really get that full reflection. And then from there, as we went about the process, it really was like a roll up your sleeves iterative process. While I was walking over and sneaking peeks at Katie's computer, I was also taking like screenshots and sending them to Matt. But we, we did a very iterative process, right? Everything that came, everything that came in or everything we reviewed was very hands-on. As we went through the process, we made sure to socialize it, right? So we were socializing with Matt. We were socializing with Josh. 
with Carolyn, our head of, of talent at the time. So we made, we, made, uh, we made sure that not only as we were going through step by step of like, how do you get to visual identity and narrative, the socialization effort was there. Because as you know, with all, of, with all of the different folks that are involved on a global scale and being sure that everyone feels reflected, that socialization was mission critical mm. to ensure that we, that we got ourselves there. And then lastly, I would say to Matt's part about the ta-da moments, right? You know, when I think when a lot of people think about engaging branding firms, you think about that and here's, lo- and here's the logo and here's the narrative we made sure that every conversation we had outside of socialization when we were in those moments was a working session and treated as such. So for our brand architecture, when we came in after constructing the narrative, we made sure that every agency had a, or sorry, every vertical underneath OHG had a representative there to align on our new structure, to be sure that we were locked, loaded, and ready to go there. For our visual identity, same thing. We we had printouts in the room and we had our head of data, Christina Kim, was drawing out the logos to remember them and be sure that she caught them, right? So everyone felt like they had a hand in creating. We stayed away from the ta-da and made yeah. it more of the to-do. And that really led to like a super successful outcome for our process. You know, watching our team collaborate with your team from afar, it's a you guys behaved in a best practice that I think a lot of clients could really benefit from is uh, there was a sense of inclusivity to it. I think that, you know, the idea of sort of avoiding the big ta-da moment, I think is really smart because ultimately at the end of the day, your team is going to have to take this work, own it, bring it to life and, you know, and really expand upon it. And it's a lovely best practice. And for people who are joining, um, you know, this, this is how you do it and how you get it done fast. So speaking of getting it done fast, maybe we could shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the visuals and I'd like to loop in Simrit here, our creative director, who helped to lead a lot of the design work. And, you know, Simrit, maybe I'll, I'll start with you. Talk to us a little bit about the creation of the new visual identity. You know, how does it balance the art and science that fuels what Omnicom Health Group does? You want to talk a little bit about that? So all the things that Omnicom Health Group does, is that the question? Yes. Yes. So we do a number of things, right? And what was super important as we went through this process, and Matt mentioned, Matt referenced this earlier, is we're known for our, our, I would say, our three bread and butter pillars that are foundational to the organization. Medical communications, we are known for our creative and media, and we are known for our value access and HEOR work. And that's how a lot of folks were looking at Omnicom Health Group at the time. What a lot of folks don't realize is our clinical trial management that we have, our patient advocacy that we have, some of the consulting services that we have. And when you were when we were taking a look at the former brand architecture of OHG, it was really constructed at a time when clients were asking for professional creative and patient creative, and they were asking for medical communications, right? And so that structure at the time made sense. But what we found, and to Matt's point, is as the market has shifted and the velocity, um, the velocity of healthcare has changed, our clients are asking for those consulting services who can come in and be more nimble. They're asking for, as we're thinking about health equity and how we can really make an impact in diversity in clinical trials, clinical trial management and patient advocacy, right? So we took a look at all of our offerings across our agencies to ensure that our verticals from an, from an offering perspective reflected that. And so we now have a five vertical offering, which starts with patient advocacy and clinical trial management, 
through to medical communications, consulting and research, because we do also have market research as our offerings as well, value access and HEOR, and then creative and media as our, as our last foundational pillar, all accelerated by our tools of OmniHealth, our tools of LARA, which is our med legal review process that expedites the process for our clients. Our DEI initiatives, we have a program called HiView, and HiView reviews all of our creative before it goes out the door to ensure that it, it hits on every box from a DEI perspective and keeps our keeps our clients, you know, true to actually answering the needs of their patients. Um, and lastly, our learning and development. We have this amazing learning and development program that not only is for our agencies, but also for our clients. It helps upskill talent, both in client and in agency, on how to be an expert in oncology, how to be an expert in rare disease, right? And so we took those departments that were at what Katie as you know, referred to as the center, and we made those foundational to integrate across all of those verticals. And so as we were looking at all of that, that's how then Simrit and her team and came up with the visual identity. And under Katie's leadership and help, we came up with this amazing brand narrative. Terrific. Awesome context. This looks very familiar. So Simrit, you want to talk a little bit about sort of balancing the art and science that fuels this amazing collective of organizations? Sure. So essentially, as with any brand identity, the positioning becomes our foundation. And so our job was to really, in the best way, interpret uniquely powerful together, unstoppable. And we started out with, you know, really exploring a broad spectrum of concepts that, and I'll show you a few of those that, and there were probably double or triple these as you're seeing on screen. We went really wide. And at this first stage is what you really need to do is really cast a very wide net as you interpret the positioning. What is that right balance of science and art in this case? And I love how Matt talks about it with, and the way we thought about it as well is that balance of humanity, but also the power of the collective and making sure that science and precision is layered in every approach and finding that sweet spot. And I can see Joe smiling because there was so much that went into finding that perfect balance. And Joe, please chime in. I always say kudos to you and the team, right? When I was, I was more smiling when you said, this is like, what we got ourselves down to. I mean, we went through, you know, many iterations, right? I think when you have thinking about the uniquely together logo as an example, when you when you have a rich line like that in positioning and a rich line for like that for a group of designers to go off and really think through, I mean, the options that that Simrit and Alec came back with for just that logo alone. I mean, there were multiple, multiple ideas, iterations, and optionality underneath it. It was truly hard as as the main point of contact on the, how do we get this down? And what are the things, when you think about, to Katie's point, the group of professionals that were then going in and having to present this to or have that ta-da, to-do moment, right? What is the right balance that we're striking in everyone's palate taste to ensure that when we're walking in, we have like the three that we love, the one that we can evolve, and how do you do all of that? And so like kudos to the team. I mean, crushed it with such a juicy positioning. Yep. And absolutely, that was such an inspiration for us to work with as well. So as we explored the spectrum, we sort of stayed in the in the space of the more sciencey ones. And we had some of the logos and some of the expressions really leaning into the idea that 
every person who works at each agency, every agency, every client, every product is unique. And how do you celebrate that uniqueness? So in some of them, really pushing out that aspect and celebrating that. But also eventually what we found was when I was looking back at this, we ended up in a space that was sort of in the middle. When you look at the the approaches that we had, we ended up in a space that has that perfect balance of you know, finding the moments to celebrate uniqueness, but also there's a layer of science and precision and sophistication in the visual system as well that comes through. So we, where we ended up was we call the design concept connected rhythms. And this really spoke to the idea of connectivity, the idea of constant momentum, um, but, the, but again, really spoke to the idea of, of really being at sort of that forefront of constantly moving forward as well. And then just to look at the logo for a second, it, what was really nice with the OHG letters was, again, the, there's a rhythm to them. They feel like they're all coming from the same starting point of that simple, humble circle that then kind of manifests itself really nicely. And you see that rhythmic element that sort of goes right down to the, the ear of the G that we also delay, belabored long and hard to get perfect. Um, 85%. So again, 85%. 85% for that dot. No one will know what that is, but yes, getting that perfect 85%. So, but what's really interesting also with the logo is that it's lowercase, it's approachable. There's an aspect of it that really speaks to the humanity, that speaks to the idea of trust, you know, even bringing in colors that are in in these in the family of blues that speak to the idea of building trust. But we also then brought in these sort of warmer, fresher, bolder colors as well. But when you look at the system as a whole, it really speaks to the idea of sort of building trust, but there's also a calmness and serenity to it, but also built within the logo and connected rhythms as the design concept, there's a feeling of constant momentum and growth and ambition that's sort of layered in in the system as well. And then as we applied all of this to external executions, you know, from the website to the, to the to Instagram, to all of those places. And you see it in the tiniest of details. You know, you see it in the screensaver behind Matt. You know, you see the two corners of the circles and that that even in that smallest of element, you see that feeling of momentum and approachability. And even with like anything that we did that was internal as well, really bringing in some of that fun aspect to the brand in the way we executed it. And Joe, you spoke a little bit about these uh, accelerators, which were services that are being created and again, this was this is a really important aspect of OHG unifying itself in a way that hadn't happened in this uh, manner, where we again use the the system to unify the the logos themselves, but also really looking at how each of these categories really speak to growth accelerators that are really important to the business as well, both internally and externally. Before we put it away, I'm just curious. I mean, Joe's been chiming in, but any additional reactions, how this was received and sort of like, you know, how you guys interpreted this process going through and ultimately how you settled on this direction? Yeah, I think a few things to to land on is, um, you know, you're hearing words that we're using that are very selective, right? Approachable and movement, you know, tying back to what we do for a living movement is all about health. You know, a lot of times, even from a common cold and you can't get out of bed to a more chronic condition, health is about movement and fluidity. So these weren't just words we were using. We were also tying it back to the strategy and the business that we work in. And the idea of approachable, 
the healthcare journey is the scariest journey we're all on as human beings. You know, it starts from the moment we're born and not to be morbid, it ends at the moment that we die. You know, shopping for cars can be fun. Shopping for shoes can be great. Planning a trip can be great. There's a, a fear about the healthcare journey. So we wanted this approachability factor, you know, and, and feeling uh, approachable as a brand. And candidly, where we landed early on, we all felt really great about. And as I shared it up the ladder, so to speak, with my boss and others, they're like, it's not bold enough for what you're doing. Mm. They're like, you know, you want to change the world of marketing. You want to change. And I was like, but I love the first position. And we really love the first like mark and where we are. And they were like, it's not big enough, you know, for what we think you're all trying to do. So we all went back as a team and went further. So I think the evolution of this from the team was just phenomenal and staying true to the words and the direction and the brief from very early on, but then adding gasoline to this over time to give it a boldness that really reflected what we wanted to do was critical. And I think hopefully you see that in the design system and everything that, that has been shared. I love it. Absolutely love it. We touched upon this a little earlier, but you know, maybe for Joe, you know, talk a little bit about the experience of partnering with the sister agency to do this kind of work. The fact that you may have had the ability to sort of, you know, sneak into the tent to see work in progress. Talk a little bit about sort of what that was like. So well, it was great. And I, I think, Simmer, would you just mind pulling up that last slide for a second? And, and I, and I want to use the system as an example, being part of the same network, right? When you look at our color palette, one of the one of the best things about working with a sister agency is again understanding who we were. It's not like Omnicom Health Group was new to the market. We just had a different ambition, a bolder ambition to Matt's point, and we were trying to push ourselves further and to be better and and to be ensure that we were capturing the essence of of all of the things we're attempting to do and being big enough. But there were really nice subtle nods to who we were. Right. So the use it, the the utilization of that lighter blue really nods to where Omnicom Health Group was with everything else surrounding it and driving us towards where we're going, right? With that bolder ambition, right? With this idea of movement and acceleration and the and the words that we're using. So the team really understood that and that was great. That said, you know, working with Katie and Simmerit, they are fantastic thought partners. And, you know, there are moments when to Katie, Katie said this earlier, sometimes you're working with folks who are in that same professional space and think that they understand everything that the other group does, right? And those are the hardest clients sometimes to have. The greatest part of this partnership was there were things about us and about the healthcare sector that Katie and Simrit said, we don't know and don't understand, explain that to us better. And there were things about the design process that and the narrative building process that I did not know and I did not understand. And it was a, please explain this to me better, right? And so while we sit in the same building here in Los Angeles and we're able to go back and forth and have that peek over the shoulder. And I think the best part of it was being able to have those thoughtful conversations mm. about understanding what it is we know about, about the thing that we're trying to express. What is it we don't understand about the thing we're trying to express and respectfully having conversations to get us to, that point where we're being bolder, we're being bigger, we're going that extra mile, we're encompassing the, the newest vision and ambition of OHG. That really helped us push ourselves further. Like I, Best thought partners I've had, hands down. Great to hear. Great to hear. Katie and Simrit may say different because they had a client sitting in their office, 
Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I can assure you that they really appreciated the collaboration. Yeah. And, you know, it's always difficult working with clients in some ways where the collaboration could be so intimate because it requires a lot of trust. You're seeing things that aren't quite baked yet, and we're not ready for you to see them because we're still working out the ideas. But you being able to sort of be an honest broker to recognize that also makes us trust including you in that process in a much different way. It's great. great. Yeah, and I would I would reinforce that, you know, Joe understanding that things are work in progress. That's pretty easy as somebody who who is a marketer, but even Matt and the full executive team, right? They were in there with us rolling up their sleeves in work sessions where we were not bringing polished work and they were absolutely great participants and completely understood. So it it made it really, really seamless. So if I remember correctly, I make sure I get the the number right. Within OHG, there's about, there are 30 unique agencies. Is that right? Plus or minus? Plus, it's a plus, lot. Yeah. Plus, or minus. plus or minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different versions, but that's a that's a fair number. Yeah. Yeah. So how how was the work received, knowing that all of these thirty agencies have their own identities? Like, how how did that go on your end? So we rolled out the branding. This is so a few things. We rolled out the branding internally the week of July seventeenth. And we created a box link that had all of our assets in it. And we sent that out to all of our agencies. Branding is out. Here it is. We're really excited about it. When we created the box link, we accidentally left the admit person in on to like give give permission to access the box. Every agency within minutes of sending it out, we had over like 300 requests for access to the logo, the PowerPoint templates. When people were seeing the work, we actually did a soft launch a a few weeks prior to our, our larger launch with clients and agency leadership. And at that soft launch, everyone said, I understand it. I get it. This is fresh. This is different. We actually had two potential new business conversations just off of the humanity of the branding alone as something that they were not seeing from other partners that they were working with. And they appreciated that it was not only about the investment in our people, but the investment in them as people and then ultimately their customers, their HCPs and their patients as people as well, right? So received through the roof. I would say from a perspective of increased searches, we saw a 450% increase in searches for jobs on our LinkedIn page alone. We're in the process now of finding out what those conversion numbers are, but I would, but from a drop-off perspective over the course of the last several weeks, our drop went from from 450% up in search. We've dropped now down to about 400%, still being up in search. So week after week, we've seen a, a continued want in searching as every week we've been launching a new piece of the branding. So we've launched, uh, today we launched Healthy Inclusion, our DEI accelerator. Last week, we launched Health Fusion, which also had uh, an event that occurred simultaneously in New York City at, where we brought, our agencies brought clients to understand OmniHealth, to understand Lara, our med legal review system. We had clients sharing it out. We had clients who were requesting now to see and understand what OmniHealth and Lara do and can bring to the table because it's underneath this amazing thought leadership platform. So the reception has just been fantastic. And it's something that our agencies truly, to Matt's point about dual citizenship, they want to be a part of their agency but also now be a part of OHG. And that's something that we're really excited about. 
And, wow. and I think just one quick add is, um, I think often, especially when you're a service business, which we all are, and many of us on the phone are, your brand talks about the stuff, right? How big you are, size, scale. And we had a lot of internal debates across Omnicom and they're like, well, you're over indexing on other things than kind of what is the core and the differentiator. So we balance the D and I story for us isn't a checkbox. Like back to our industry, it's a responsibility, right? Minority populations are overly indexed for a lot of the disease states that we serve, and we've got to do something about that. And we're committed to doing something about that. And we're partnering with the pharmaceutical company to do something about that. And we're creating products that's holding ourselves and the industry accountable. So leading with that story from as an accelerator ties back to our business and differentiated us in a very different way. You know, leaning into the people piece is the people are our asset. You know, I often say when our teammates shut their laptop at the end of the day or get in the elevator at the office, like our assets is walking out the door. You know, so we need to really celebrate the individuality and distinctiveness of our people and make it feel inclusive and how those differences drive impact for us. So it was a healthy debate, right? Because those things to some marketers that have been doing this a long time feel soft, you know, Mm. don't feel like the punch of what's going to deliver. And we made the choice to kind of, it's an and story versus an or. We can tell the boastful big, bold, we are the best, we have the most diverse, you know, we have the biggest global footprint out of our competitors, but we felt that those three things underneath it differentiate us. And I think that to Joe's point is what we are hearing from clients in particular and from external stakeholders, which is a big part of why we did this. Nice. Very nice. Joe and Matt, you guys talked a little bit about how you rolled things out. You talked about there was kind of like a soft launch and then there was something more formal. Anything you'd want to add about how you chose to unveil the brand refresh and sort of like how you're implementing it now going forward, since it's still relatively fresh? I would say we were very methodical in how we did this, in noting that it was important for us to ensure that, you know, as we've said throughout this entire process, everyone felt as though they were a part of the process, right? So that soft launch really was the moment where, Matt and I were able to walk around the room and have conversations with clients, with our agency leadership, and even and our day-to-day agency teams to really understand what their thoughts were about the branding. Could they see themselves in it? Did it feel reflective, right? To Matt's point about all of the things that we brought in from that diversity perspective, ensuring that it was felt like a value and not just a KPI once we had that validation live and in person and hearing that, the rollout of it from a tactical perspective of the website, of the social media, not that that necessarily became easier by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you still have to get a website live. To that end, what it really led to was this amazing response because everything we've done from a narrative perspective and from a copy perspective, we've ensured that it is written to have that inclusivity that Matt referenced, right? Because again, we want this to be the value that is carried through all of OHG, not just the KPI. So every piece that we have written, every piece that we have released, whether it be a thought leadership piece during that week, whether it be the announcement of some of the additional universities that we've added to the curriculum, the introduction of Health Fusion, they've all been written 
with that inclusivity at the core, ensuring mm-hmm. that both clients and agencies and anyone really who wants to come and come and join us, we're, we're open to it, really felt a part of it. So that was key for that week, right? And so we were able to make pivots as we went throughout, ensuring that our launch video really hit all of those marks. And it's important to note in that when Matt was recording the, the video, we were reading off the narrative. And one of the best things about Matt as a leader and as a person is he can just go. Like he can riff when he knows the narrative. And, and so the direction to him that day was like, just riff the narrative and, and think about what it is you want to say. That video, which we pulled together rather quickly, resonated so well because at the end of the day, all of our leaders were in it being themselves and really representing what it means to be a part of OHG and to hear it in a manner that wasn't rehearsed, in a manner that wasn't repeated from a teleprompter, that really is what's speaking to our team. And that's the reception that we're seeing. From a where are we going from here perspective, we're really excited. As I mentioned, we just had our our Health Fusion event last week in New York City. We're doing a similar event in London in September. We're really excited about that. We're Hmm. looking towards the future already of thinking about what other types of events we as OHG can can do and how we can bring together our clients, both from a healthcare perspective and also maybe from a broader Omnicom perspective to solve some of the challenges that we're seeing in health today. We're thinking about thought leadership and how we as both OHG and Omnicom are showing up from a solve perspective as it relates to health equity. We're currently in the process of developing a piece um, with Emily Graham and Gina Pemberton. We have some additional pieces in the work there as well. So we're really excited to really focus in on that thought leadership piece and that ability to solve health equity as the true essence of what is driving our brand forward. Nice. You know, you, you, you've you talked a lot about sort of some of the experience since the work has launched. And I'm always curious, you know, hindsight is a, is a powerful thing. You know, now that you've had a little bit of time to reflect, is there anything you think about either across the journey or even at the launch that maybe you guys would have handled or done differently? I always love this question because one of my favorite sayings that I always say is the windshield's bigger than the rear view mirror for a reason. Like I like to look ahead, so I'm not trying to dodge the question. I think a few things. I think there are a few stakeholders I I would have brought in earlier, mm-hmm. you know, because I think just understanding that people digest and view and have a different kind of aptitude for this type of work. You know, I think when you're working with teammates that don't necessarily work on marketing, branding, positioning, probably bring those folks in a little bit earlier because they're going to need a little bit of education on the process more so than the teammates that do work or similar type work often on behalf of our clients. Realistic about timelines. I mean, what was interesting here is it was all self-imposed, right? Like we weren't launching a product on a certain date. We weren't. So I think we kind of did some fits and starts that put undue pressure on our teammates, you know, at, at you know, across the, the team. So I think being realistic on what do we want to do? What does good look like? What does fully need to be done to be baked and, and loaded? Because we were owning the timeline, which is a luxury. You know, we don't often get that in, in everything that we do. But otherwise, it was a really great process. It's really hard to kind of rearview mirror this one and nuance it. But I just think stakeholder involvement earlier and kind of that that notion of just, you know, let's be realistic about what we need to do and when. So yeah. we're all working and swimming in the same direction. Lovely. Yeah, Lovely. I would 
I would agree with that, Matt. I think the the add to that, right, as we talked about the timing, is the right time is there is no right time, right? I think we were so focused on like, oh, this could be the moment or this could be the moment or this could be the moment. I think in, in that we lost sight of the brand essence, right? And the reality was we launched it on a Monday where nothing else was happening around it. It was just a Monday in the middle of July and the reception that we saw and the, the upticks and views and, and likes and, and the, you know, the conversions over to job applications, it's been amazing. And so I, I would say, yes, the, I agree. Windshield bigger than the, than the rear view for a reason. And it would say that it's okay that there's never going to be a right time. Just like, don't have to just do it. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, Matt, you know, you talked about sort of, you had this ambition and you also talked a little bit about Joe hinted on some of the things you saw when it launched, but I'm curious as you sort of think about a year two or three years down the road, how will you measure the success of the impact of, of what you've done here? I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, I want to see more integrated opportunities with our clients. Like when are we bringing in partner agencies more? And for me, that goes beyond Omnicom Health Group. You know, we want to make sure that we're bringing the best of, of Omnicom, you know, on behalf of all of our clients and that that's the power of our network collectively, right? Like we're talking a lot about the power of OHG and a lot about the brilliance that comes out of Siegel and Gale, but you know, we have brilliant minds all around the globe across our network. So that is one KPI that we have is how often are we bringing multi-agency solutions into our, our clients? You know, I think we continue to want to be one of my other mantras is be the case study. Part of the boldness behind this brand is we don't want to do what's been done before. And we believe right now it's not about our clients keeping up with the competition. It's about keeping up with our customers that are engaging with channels in completely new ways. So I want this brand to act as a vessel that gives our teams the inspiration and the courage to continue to be the case study and push that envelope forward. So I think definitely more integrated teams and pushing work that and experiences and partnerships that have just clients have never seen. Like I want yeah. to always walk out of a room and they're like, that's a healthcare agency. That's like, you know, I've never seen that idea before. Like that's, that to me is what's really exciting about the journey we're on. And I think we're going to be on that journey forever. We're going to constantly be a work in progress. And this brand I feel gives us the opportunity to continue to mold that over time together as a team at OHG and across Omnicom. I love it. And, you know, this sort of transitions to the next question I had for you and you hinted at this earlier. So it's been about 14 months since you've taken the reins as the CEO for OHG. And I mentioned earlier that one of the triggers for when firms like ours get hired is when a new CEO comes in and has a, a bold vision that they want to implement. What are some of the takeaways that you could share about embarking on a journey like this, your own experiences? I mean, do we have 14 hours to talk about it? <laughs> We've only got a few minutes because we got a I know we're down. So, Q&A. You know, I think for me, it's been the job of a lifetime. Right. Because I think you come into a place like Omnicom that I've always respected as a friendly competitor. You work at OHG, which is the biggest and best and most diverse and the most intelligent people that I've ever seen, but are also some of the most humane people I've ever seen. 
So for me, it's just been this constant eye-opening and learning over the past 14 months. I feel like every day I turn over a stone and there's something else for us to uncover and do on behalf of our clients. But this wasn't about me putting my mark on something. I remember sitting down with Katie early on, like I didn't want to make this about me. And I think often leaders do. I really kept bringing the team back to like, the industry needs something different. Like I fundamentally believe that, like it's a sea of sameness. We're not a sea of sameness at OHG and Omnicom. You know, our teams needed something new. Like there needed to be a resurgence of why OHG and why am I excited to be part of it? So for me, it was the right time for the business, the right time for me coming in, the right time for where OHG is on our journey. And really this idea of getting OHG more connected across Omnicom which I feel we've collectively done a great job at always more work to be done. I always set the bar higher and the work that we did with this team, I think was instrumental piece of getting us further along on that journey faster. Great. Great. And then last question, I'd love to open it up to Q and a, we've got a couple that I want to get to any advice to other leaders who are looking at sort of taking something like this on Joe. Simrit, Katie, anybody? Number one is don't be afraid to fail. Like there were moments where we would bring things in and they didn't necessarily resonate. And that's okay because in that you're getting a data point and a learning on how to take what you've built and how to make it better, right? So it's the don't be afraid to fail because you're going to have moments where it's going to feel like that and it's going to like feel a little difficult. But at the end, the product that comes out is amazing. Number two is, and we learn this throughout the process, right? the inclusivity is key. Matt said it, Matt said it, you know, at the outset of our start of this, while he set the ambition for us, he did not want the brand to reflect him and only him. He Mm -hmm. wants everyone to be able to look at, to read the narrative, hear the narrative and the words that are coming out of our leadership's mouths, out of our day-to-day team members' mouths and feel it to be true, right? And that is important. So ensuring that inclusivity is at the core of everything you're doing is key because that's a, that's make or break for success of a brand. And lastly, the right thought partner. I We were very lucky. We were very, very lucky in having Katie and Simrit as thought partners throughout this process. And in taking that outside in lens, challenging us to go a step further. And we're also very lucky in, in having leaders like Matt, who sometimes in between those like moments of, of hey, we're going to bring the more baked thing in. He was like, great, I want to roll up my sleeves on a Wednesday afternoon for one hour and see what's happening, right? Mm. That's the, that, those are the types of thought partners you need in order to be successful. When you come with, with, when you come with ego or you come with, I, you know, I want the thing to be put into my lap, it's never going to be successful. So it, it's having that willingness to roll up your sleeves and be a part of the process. Great, great. Okay, I want to switch over. We've got a couple of questions in the q and I want to be mindful of that as we're coming to the bottom of the hour. Um, one of the questions that was raised was, you touched upon the range of visual directions considered before landing on connecting rhythms. This is talk about the design piece. But this uh, attendee asked, I'm curious about the exploration that got your team to choose those four powerful words, uniquely powerful, together, unstoppable. Can you speak a little about the process, the challenges, the triumphs, and the participants? I direct this maybe to Matt. I'm just going to try to give this in headlines. We first landed somewhere really different, right? And I think it was that that constant refinement. You know, we we knew we wanted this notion of together and collective, but 
we didn't know if together by itself was strong and bold enough back to some of the early feedback we got from, you know, the powers that be, so to speak. And again, it was really critical to celebrate the independent nature of the client. I think we probably looked at hundreds of versions of this, literally hundreds, like 10 word versions, two word versions, three word versions. This one just, it nailed it. Yeah. Like, as I said, in the early beginning, it, it had the softness and pride of the uniquely powerful, but the boldness and aspiration of unstoppable is a powerful word. Like, yeah. so yeah, but it was months. Like I'll be direct. It was months yeah. and months and months and versions. And we just, um, we landed on something brilliant over time. I do think that, you know, as inheriting that kind of work as we do sometimes with clients, it was really powerful, really well done. And it also, from a simplicity standpoint, really sort of nails it. We have another question from one of the attendees. In the collaboration of all partners, who was in the lead in developing and deciding on the brand narrative? And how did the co-creation become a win-win in that process? I don't know, maybe is this something for Joe or Katie? Yeah, I think it's, it's probably for the both of us. So lead in developing was the team at Siegel and Gale. So Katie and the team came with a few different iterations of, of brand narratives. I would say I was, I was probably stop number one on the trip to decision, right? So we would look at those different versions. We'd make, we'd make a few tweaks here or there. Are we good enough to take in front of the team from a work in progress standpoint? And then we would take it to the team and we would push the thinking even further. And then, so I would say the, the decision though was ultimately to Matt's point, we ensured that the decision was made by the entire executive leadership team with buy-in from our agency leaders. So Matt has quarterly agency leadership meetings that he conducts and we showed the the work in progress of the narrative at that meeting so that all of our agency leadership felt bought into the narrative ensure that their agencies could be reflected in it and we took that feedback coupled with the feedback of of the feedback of to matt as matt referred to them the powers that be push the narrative even further back to katie and her team and then matt and i sat in a room one day and made some quick tweaks and that was the final decision was was matt right yeah, and if I think about the kind of win-win part of that, two things really come to mind. One is the outcome itself. That narrative got to the place it got to because of that collaboration, because of that pushing, because of that great input. And then also the sense of ownership that is created through that collaboration process. So everyone not only sees themselves in it, but really feels like a co-creator in that and can take it forward. And we keep talking about the narrative, but I do want to also under like underpin. We also revisited our values as well. For that, they used to the former Omnicom Omnicom Health Group values were be open, be bold, and be generous. And our new values are be open, be yourself, and be together. Right. And we ensured that we we it wasn't just the narrative, right? It was also our values as well that really drive that narrative and the essence of the brand. And ensuring that all of that, you know, continued to as we evolve the narrative the new values evolve with it as well. Great. So I want to be respectful of time. We are at the bottom of the hour. On behalf of Team Siegel and Gale, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Simrit. Thank you, Katie, for leading this discussion. I appreciate every all of you guys joining us and sharing your thoughts and perspectives. 
You can listen to this conversation and all past episodes by subscribing to Siegel and Gale Says. It's our podcast. Thank you again so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Everyone, thank you, Joe. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening to this episode of Siegel and Gale Says. You can read more thought leadership pieces and explore our work at SiegelGale.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. While you're at it, please leave us a review. See you next time.